Welcome to Riverdale. So, we're back. Welcome to Riverdale. And may I say, this was a fuck ton of bull shit, and I am here for every single minute of it. Uh, we return back to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale, if you will, with the House of the Devil. This episode, as usual, I am speechless. <laughs> this episode was just as wild and crazy and bull fuck shittery as the rest. And again, I'm here for it. Um, we have a few different storylines going and initial thoughts. <sighs> At the very least, they're consistent. <laughs> we have Archie and Veronica. We have the Jughead Betty storyline. We have the kind of off on the side Cheryl Josie storyline going on, which we'll get more into that later. And then we have the main like FP kind of FP and Riverdale kind of FP and the um, Serpents. And then a little bit of FP and Alice. Um... Those are like the main the main things we have going on. Beginning with Archie and Veronica. Um they fucking. And if anybody is fucking in Riverdale, they fucking. Like they have been <laughs> having sex like this entire season like crazy. Every time something bad happens, they fucking. Like that's I don't know if this is a fetish of theirs. I'm not kink shaming, but god damn, they are fucking. And um but I think the 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 story was laid out really well. Um, cinematography was great as usual. Um, I I've never not liked Veronica, but I am kind of more of a fan of hers. Like the more I see her on this show, even when she does the dumb shit, that I'm like, okay, motherfucker, you should know better. I'm still like, she's the one character out of the main four who I don't think is a villain, and I don't know if it's because I just like her so much, so I refuse to let myself see her that way, or if she's really doing a great job i don't know but even that being said betty i'm not i'm on her team i'm not on her team but she's a damn good actress like she's doing her damn part in this show so i don't know so take a couple steps back we um start off with the archie and veronica and the what i liked about this episode is out of all the bullshit that we've gotten so far their relationship i've never really bought it it never really convinced me of oh this is archie and veronica i've ne i never and in this episode they kind of sold me. It kind of made the rest of their relationship prior to this episode make sense for me because I haven't seen it for them. But once they got the fucking and having all this adult sex and all these random whatever, Archie lets it slip that he loves Veronica. He says, Veronica, I love you or Ronnie, I love you or whatever. And she's like, uh your hair is nice. No, <laughs> she is like not returning the, the, um, the words. And I like that because that makes the rest of the relationship make sense to me. I buy them. I think that she really likes him. I think she may even love him, but he, it does seem that he would be more into her than she would be into him. Um, and not even just based off of like the comic book history, but the actual show itself, I still don't 100% buy them, but this little moment of tension that they had where he was in love with her or saying that he loves her and she hasn't returned the um, the favor, so to speak, 
makes me feel um makes everything more justified to me and i don't know if that was intentionally done by the writers or if it's just a side effect of my personal feelings and the story itself but all in all i thought it was good and i like that we have a man a male character who is and i'm going to have to tread water with this because we have a male character who is showing interest (coughs) excuse me not only showing interest is in a relationship with this woman and is being vulnerable or opening himself up and it's very borderline oh nice guys finish last oh you looking for a nice guy why does she like me i'm a nice i'm not talking about that whole bullshit idea that a woman has to be attracted to you because you're nice to her. But these people are actually in a relationship and we aren't presenting the woman or the um, feminine character as pining after this man and doing everything in service to him and being submissive to him. Like he's being vulnerable to her and she, for whatever reason, isn't able to or isn't returning that um, sentiment that we felt like she should probably have uh, returned initially or should have said the words first. Like she's um, with this character. I don't believe her as Veronica. I've said before in previous episodes that I think Reggie is the Veronica that is giving us more Veronica or more edge than Veronica is giving. But I feel like people are forgetting that she is that bad girl socialite from New York who's in this small podunk town, so to speak, I guess. And um, she, it would make sense that she's not just opening up like Disney style to just fall in love with this man. Like they're fucking like she's, she even had issues with like being a girlfriend. She like, it was said in the first episode of the second season. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I usually run and you know, so I don't know that being said all that groundwork being laid out i felt like her response was very in keeping with the character and i really enjoyed that because this show has really been kind of playing around with characters and the women characters especially like hermione like how we're i'm still a fan i'm still on her side um but it hasn't been into the last couple episodes where i felt like she was doing more than being the arm candy or the the shadow for Hiram. So I'm hoping that they don't renege on this and they keep this Veronica. I, I like this Veronica that we've been getting. Um, on top of that, we move on to Jughead and Betty who are investigating the Fox Four's murder. It's just like, okay, I get it. I get what world we live in. I understand what show we're watching, but you motherfuckers are 16. You are sophomore, junior area um, in school. What the fuck are you doing investigating this murder? <laughs> this show is just so goddamn outlandish. But the thing that really kind of fucked me up with this episode is that FP is getting out of prison, um, jail or whatever. And Veronica, Veronica, Betty and Jughead uh, want to investigate this murder. Um, she acknowledges that I can't go to Sheriff Keller because I've blatantly accused him of being the black hood. So I like that they kept that. Um, they asked Veronica and Archie to be them as in a sense to just go and investigate this murder for them. And I'm just thinking like, as much as you motherfuckers get up on I mean, I guess that's what friends are for. <laughs> like, 
Uh, by the way, I know all this adult crazy ass shit we go through. Would you also, in the midst of your relationship and your shit you got going on, I would like for you to investigate this murder on my behalf. This ain't house sit for me. This ain't watch my cat while I'm away. This is investigate a damn murder. So they do it because, again, that's what friends are for. And I like this. I like seeing... I have to admit, I did like seeing Archie and Veronica in that role that was usually re reserved for um, Jughead and Betty. And I like seeing them in that role with this tension over them or this um, drama of the I love you, the you know, the three words. And I also like seeing Archie talk to his dad about saying, opening up and saying I love you to Veronica and her not returning, you know, the favor, essentially. Um, because Fred is, seems to be just existing, just like popping up. And ever since that first episode where he had that nice little dream sequence, near death experience, that's the most, I feel like character development. And that's the most, um, honest and like, we don't, we didn't get much of him after that. And what we're getting is this whispering at a town hall meeting or wearing a robe around the house. Like, Molly Ringwald is gone. And I understand he's healed from the gunshot, but he's there as the Jiminy Cricket for Archie because he doesn't do anything else. And initially, or after watching the first season, I'm like, okay, that doesn't really matter. But... That does matter because we get Alice, we get Hal, we get uh, Clifford, we get Penelope, we get uh, um, Hiram, we get um, Hermione, we get all these other adults who are like active in the series. And then you got this dude who's just relegated to that. Like, is he under house arrest? Is he stuck <laughs> in the house? And, can't, and then like, what does he do for work? Like, does, Is he still working on that like apartment complex? It's like, what what is going on with him? That being said, um. I did like that bonding moment or that fatherly advice moment of, you know, sometimes, you know, people aren't ready. You know, they go at different speeds. They go at different levels. And I also like that during this conversation, we had Veronica speaking to her parents. And um, even though uh, Archie comes from a two-parent household, he's now in a single-parent household. And then you have Veronica in a two-parent household coming from a single-parent household for a while. And I like this juxtaposition or this difference this like kind of back and forth of the same scene of like this child talking to their parents about this relationship and i like the difference in um archie and veronica's uh tone uh conversation point of view because archie's like hey i said i love her and she didn't say it back what the hell is going on and she's like yeah he said i love you but i think it's too soon and i think both are um are very good points and taking it to them being children and not adults, um, being a kid, having a whole puppy love thing, or, oh, you too young to be in love, and this, that, and the third. When you're in love, regardless of at what age, it's you're in it, period. Now, it could be something that, a, a fling or a crush that lasts for two weeks. It could be something that lasts for years. But with them being young and emotional and hormonal kids and ha already having sex and going through all these traumatic experiences together, it's like I can see both points of view. I'm kind of leaning towards Veronica because I'm like, but then again, I don't know. Well, I'm not here to debate that. But I just like this. Um, I liked Archie and I liked Veronica this episode. Um, it seems like they took those characters and threw them somewhere else um, in a very different situation they would normally be in. And it worked. So, you know, kudos to Riverdale writers for that. 
moving on to the little side storyline, Josie and Cheryl. Now, we know that Cheryl set up Chuck, which is like ugh, a white woman and set this black man up. I have my personal issues. I'm pulling myself out of it a bit to just enjoy the show, but I can't ignore the fact that that was bullshit. Additionally, she's doing all this because she's obsessed with, in love with, or has this attachment to Josie, and she went and broke up the Pussycats, which is like, I'm still not over that, but I'm trusting the show at least for the next couple episodes because I know the next episode will be the mid-season finale, so I'm, I'm trusting that this will be addressed and it won't be just a throwaway thing. Um, I like that we're not harping on Cheryl having been um, sexually... Um, or potential almost you know sexually abused or attacked or whatnot i like that that is there i hope it comes up again in a very um uh, meaningful way but i like that that's not all her character is is um reduced to but she's acting really weird and very odd and i don't like that she's doing this with josie um i'm going to say that's lazy but uh I'm also like, well, who else would she be acting crazy to or towards or about? Like, she's obsessed with her. And um, I'm trying to see, like, is Cheryl coded as queer or gay? Like, I don't know. I'm just going to sit back and just watch. <laughs> but this is very odd, and I don't like this. And Cheryl is a favorite of mine. I don't like the way that things are being handled. Um, we get FP working at Pops because apparently every adult <laughs> that returns to Riverdale has to get a job at Pops. Um, we get Alice, Betty, and Jughead who is there to, you know, receive him after jail. And Alice, of course, talking shit as she does. And like Alice is that person you love to hate, but she is funny as shit. Again, I I um reiterate that I feel like Alice is existing in the real world <laughs> while everybody else is um in Riverdale, and she's just telling it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> and ruffling feathers because she's like you know nigga you're an alcoholic what the hell are you gonna do now he's like oh well i'm an aa well you know it the funniest thing is seeing the four of them alice betty jughead and fp sitting down to have a milkshake at pops and the first thing out of alice's mouth is well you know the uh black hood is going after sinners so you better watch out it's like god damn he can't do nothing right by your ass um all that that happens then we get over in the same diner we get um Cheryl and Josie, and uh, Cheryl's like, oh, girl, you can't be uh, singing at no opening for um for a car lot. That's one step below porn. And she's like, well, you know, I'm getting paid $5,000 for five songs. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, how is that one level above porn when this motherfucker was on top of the roof of Pops singing My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard with you, Cheryl, mind you, and Melanie like what that is closer to porn this free ass manipulated job that betty lied to social media to get you to go to to begin with which is like i'm still not over that but she can pay for this and um the thing that has me thinking i don't know if cheryl is queer or not but Josie's made the comment that, you know, um, I get paid $5,000. The only stipulation or contingency or whatever is that I have to, Reggie is my date. He escorts me. And she, like, gets very single white female, very um, um, the hand that rocks the cradle, very obsessed. Where she, like, knocks over the milkshake and makes um, FP come and clean it up. And this is one of those moments where, again, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I love how this scene 
played beat by beat where I have my issues with Cheryl. I like her. She's a fan favorite. I have my issues from the shit she did in the last episode. And as soon as I'm getting to the point where I'm like, this bitch crazy, fuck her. When she does the little milkshake thing, throw it on the ground for FP to clean up, I'm like, damn, this motherfucker crazy. But she says the line, um, come and clean this up, you know, the way you cleaned up my brother's murder. And it was like, oh, oh they got me. Like, I was mad at her. Then I was like, ah, oh, nah, nah, nah. And it, and it makes me think that she's very smart. She's very manipulative. She's very, she's very much a behind the scenes villain. And I like, because I, I just imagine that, one, she's sitting here in the diner, so she knew that FP was working there. Like she had, she she's seen him, but her focus was on Josie and her their friendship and whatever the fuck she got going on, and she did not hesitate to release her anger very calculatedly, uh, if that's a word, um, and very um, strategically, like. She knows that because of her obsession with Josie, she can't. There's only so far she can go with Josie, and there's only so much that she can show. There's only so much crazy you can show to her before it's like she's not going to be around, want to be around you. So let me release it this other way. And what fucked me up in that scene, it was not even Josie, was not even Cheryl, was not even FP. It was motherfucking Junkhead. So him and Betty is in the diner, and they're like rushing towards Cheryl. And I'm thinking, nigga, were you going to hit her? Uh, she did not lie. Your dumbass dad did clean up her dead brother's uh, blood. Like, I don't, I still don't understand how we're sitting here acting as if FP is, is innocent in anything. He's still, but I digress. That means <laughs> we get to um, Archie and Veronica, who goes to Sheriff Keller and is asking them about, um, the house of the devil and the man who shot up this family and all this. And I'm thinking in my head, Sheriff Keller, what the fuck are you doing? Like, am I the, I, I did not study criminal justice in, in college. I, um, watch a lot of law and order. Um, I watch a lot of procedurals and whatnot. And I know that there are things that I don't know. I know there are things that are just dramatized for TV, but I feel in my heart of hearts that, as a police chief, as a sheriff, as a police officer, the thing that you don't do is discuss cases with high school students who are obviously trying to solve said case. It's not even like they kicked it to him like Betty did, like, oh, okay, I'm writing for the paper and such, because even that was still like, why are you giving her all this information? She's writing for the school paper. But there's one thing to say, hey, Sheriff Keller, we're um writing a story and we'd like to get some police um facts or whatever. But these kids have proven to you that they are trying to solve murders. They have proven to you that they are going to interfere with your cases. They have proven that they don't give a fuck about the chain of command or that they aren't even employed by the city of Riverdale. Like, and you're just giving them information, closed case or not. Why are you speaking to these kids? I just don't get it. Um, so all that happens and they end up going to the house of murder and or the devil or whatever go looking through some files like it was just such a weird when you look at it logically through the lens of the real world we live in what the fuck are y'all doing so they do all this and the thing that sets me off is that they're doing this in riverdale after hours again riverdale is a 24-hour school where you could just come and go as you please and even if 
excuse me, even if it wasn't, the very fact that you have broken into this office and are going through these, like, is no door locked in Riverdale? <laughs> like, we talk all this shit about the South Side and their drug use and this, then the third, but Mayor McCoy, can we get just the lock on the front door of Riverdale? Just the front door, not even the windows, just... <sighs> so... They find out that the um, Reaper of Riverdale could also be the Black Hood, which I don't buy that. I that no, I don't buy that. Um, they find out that the family of four that was murdered that was mentioned in the last episode was actually a family of five, and that family of five, the young boy who survived grew up, and he is dun 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 the janitor, which is like, oh, I wish they had have introduced the janitor much earlier in this season because I feel like. That was kind of to be expected. He just showed up last episode. So I kind of, uh, it. I don't know. What fucked me up is that Archie and Veronica chased this man down. Somehow this grown adult man, you got him cornered in a science room and made him sit down and tell you his story. We know who you are, Joseph Creary, Joseph Convoy, whatever. And the funny thing is this grown ass man sat here and explained his story to them. I am an adult. You are a child. I wish like hell he should have took that damn mop he was mopped with and hit Archie over the head and beat Veronica's ass. Motherfucker, I am grown. What the hell you mean? We know who you are. Girl, bye. No, I, that, this whole scene. So he's sitting here and, and Veronica's chastising. You sound a lot like the Black Hood. And how you do this? I'm like, oh, first of all, you are, you know who he is because his family was murdered. He survived, and you're you're giving him the fifth degree off of the murder. Like, you're already making him relive that trauma, and then you're upset because he sounds like the Black Hood. Well, he doesn't only sound like the Black Hood. He sounds like any goddamn body who's been through something where your family was murdered. Like, not even your family was murdered. Archie's dad was not murdered. He was attempted to be murdered, and he sounded exactly how the janitor sounds when talking about the black hood and when talking about the man who killed his family. So you mean you're going to interrogate him and act like he's a hostile criminal or witness or whatever, but you don't do the same shit to Archie. He did the exact same thing. It was just like, Oh, this is a grown ass man. I let it had have been me mopping up Riverdale at fucking two in the morning, apparently. And these kids running after me, I'm beating the fuck out of both of y'all with everything that I have in me. This mop, this mop water, this bucket, the hat I got on my head, the belt he got around his waist. I would have beat their ass. I would have fucked them up and then took their ass to see Sheriff McCoy, or excuse me, uh, Mayor, Mayor McCoy and Sheriff Keller. Because what, what are you doing? Ugh, so, I don't know. I, these, these villains masquerading as heroes have given me a headache. <laughs> Um, go past that, cause I, I let me move on, cause I'm pissed off at these stupid ass kids. So we go to um to FP's uh welcome home, going away retirement party or whatever that Betty has made a point to bring a karaoke machine and throw the party herself. I'm like, you're already at a bar. Like, There's not much you need to do. Even bringing the karaoke machine was like overkill because it's a bar. People are already here. Um, additionally, what is Tony Topaz doing working as the bartender? Like, I get it. It's this CD, uh, dark villainous part of town where anything goes, but this is also a 16-year-old girl behind the... I, I don't know. It, 
I'm sure this is probably reality in some part part of the world, but that was odd to me. That wasn't believable. Then we get um, Betty talking to Tony Topaz like, oh, well, you know, see, I, I want to protect Jughead at all costs. I want to um, make sure that everything is fine. And, you know, his dad getting out of prison. And so I just want to be here for him. It's like, girl, why are you fools not worried about SATs and ACTs and college prep? And like, why are you not worried about post to uh, 12th grade? Why are we sitting here solving crimes and dealing with like even him as a serpent? He's still going to school. Jughead can still prepare for college. Like, I don't, this is such a weird world that they live in. And it is infuriating at times. And I have to remind myself, okay, they're kids. But even as kids, this is, this is so stupid. <laughs> it's so frustrating. But this frustration breeds, like, my, my love for this show. As fucking crazy as it is. Um... So we have the party. FP is mad because, understandably so, Alice comes up to his job and she's acting a fool. And this is the one thing where I don't like about her. It's like, okay, I get you the bitchy, strong, um, in-your-face news reporter type. But it's like, girl, you at this man's job. He just got out of jail. He's trying to at least appear like he's doing the right thing. And you are acting like some crazy baby mama from a... Tyler Perry movie or something like get out of here um so she says like oh I can't believe you're gonna my daughter's gonna come to your party and I don't like this and he's like okay well why don't you come and chaperone her which is like first and foremost that's your child she you she's an independent person who's doing things for herself but she still lives under your roof and she's a child she's a minor you should have a little bit more control over your household secondly like he said just come to the bar and chaperone her um, or I don't know, call the police. Hey, there is um, a child at this bar. There's a child working behind the bar. There's a lot of children at this bar. Can somebody come take care of this? These are children. <laughs> so he says to her, she said, well, well, Hal would never come to this, this party. And she was like, well, leave him. That's the FPC. And he was like, at home. Um, so this whole relationship that they've had before, I don't care about it. All I care about is that their son that they had that didn't die he is the black hood period that's my prediction god damn it um so we get uh veronica talking to another moment which like makes me love her even more she's sitting on her bed she's like talking to her mom like why the fuck can't i say i love you to this big head motherfucker and her mom and her are talking and just watching, much like with Cheryl and her mom and like the sexual assault and the money thing from a few episodes ago. This scene between Veronica and her mom, where Veronica realizes in the midst of talking with her mom and her frustration about being um, unable to say I love you to her boyfriend, she realizes it's because of you, mom, and um, by extension, probably both her parents. But you, like, I can't, you don't, you've never said I love you. Like, I don't, and I feel like that's kind of a lie. Um, I'm not going to go back and watch every single episode, but I feel like Hermione was like, oh, I love you, Miha, or something in one of the past episodes. But I'm going to take it for what it is. But just watching her uncover that this is the reason I can't connect to this man past a physical level I thought that was pretty interesting and I really, really enjoyed, um, I enjoyed seeing that. And I don't know if it's, it's these emotional scenes that we're getting 
And it's mainly by the women, by the uh, ladies of the cast that are giving me these, um, these feels that I'm feeling. And so this is probably my favorite scene. Um, past that, we get Archie and Veronica at the bar. They're going to do karaoke. And Archie's like, oh, okay, I'm so glad you made it and whatever else. And she's like, well, you know, thank you for understanding. Like, um, in so many words, like, thank you for understanding. It's going to take me a while. Now, what he says to her is, um, yeah, with an attitude on his face, I signed us up for um, karaoke, um, you know, to sing that um, uh, Donnie DeCarco, whatever, song that you love, well, or or maybe at least you like it, or can you not do that? And this is like, hold up, bitch. Your passive-aggressive fuckboy, calm the fuck down. This girl just explained to you that I'm not ready and you're mad because she's not ready. You can't force someone to be ready to say, I love you. Y'all already fucking like not to be funny. I know you fuck with this older woman and whatever, but she's going, I just, this made me like Archie even less. And I don't know if that was the intended effect, but I am not a fan of Archie at all. This guy is a, he's a fuck boy who think he's a good dude in the immortal words of Tasha from insecure season two. He is a fuck boy who think he's a good dude. And that is, there's no team Archie over here. Um, a lot has to go on for me to even give a damn about him at this point. And what happens is they get up and they sing. It's like, you're having this emotional abusing moment for her. And it's like, brother, She's that she even told you she's not ready and that's uh, that should be enough for you. So they get on stage and they're singing the song from Twilight. All around me are familiar faces. So now places this I don't know the words. But um they're singing it. It's a really somber whatever. I don't understand why they sang that song in that bar, but whatever. So Veronica does the, and this is another, her acting, I'm, I'm on board even more and more because she has this moment where she's singing her part and she looks down and she has these sad Disney puppy dog eyes and she looks up at Archie and then she just like runs away. And I felt that, I feel like it probably could have been done a little bit better, but I felt that. And after all of that, she, after all of that, Archie chases her. Uh, we'll pick back up with them later. But Betty hops up on stage. Everybody's booing because, of course, you stop singing. Betty takes her, I don't know, old school blouse and skirt combination and starts undressing herself while singing the song. <laughs> just, just like, motherfucker, choose your own song to be stripping to. Secondly, I, I get it, the editing and everything, but she started singing with the microphone and then she undressed herself and started kind of like, burlesque dancing on the the pole that was on stage she kept singing and we kept hearing her just as clearly as if she was on that microphone i was like mm, i call bullshit <laughs> so um <clears throat> excuse me she um gets undressed and dances and she's kind of like solidifying herself as in the serpent community so that she can be around Jughead more now i feel like it was bullshit that she did it but i get her intentions and she seems to be the smarter of a lot of these cast members. And so I feel like what she did, although I did not like it, I understand it. And it makes sense for the character and for the show. Um, Jughead is like having a nervous breakdown, looking at her up there and trying not to respond. And um, she had on this like 
I don't know, Victoria's Secret style outfit. And I was just thinking, okay, I haven't been 16 in quite a while. but And I haven't been a 16-year-old girl ever. But where in the hell are you getting this damn outfit? Like it wasn't, like if it was just like a bra and panties, like, okay, you all girls have that, I'm sure. But this was like some extravagant less shit that Veronica would be wearing, which the question would still remain, where the fuck are you getting these lingerie from? So she goes and um, dances and everything, and then we catch up with Veronica running out to her limo, and um, Archie's like, oh, no, wait. You know, it's just like, it's like, nigga, no, you've already shitted on her. You've already been a fucking fuckboy. You've already done this emotional damage to her, to somebody who was already vulnerable and was explaining to you how she was, and now we're supposed to just welcome you back with open arms because you chase after her. Well, she ran because of you to begin with, you fool. So she does. He does all that, and she's like, "I, in a matter of speaking, I'm just not the girl for you. I can't give you what you want. I'm sorry. Like this is over. That's essentially what she said. And I'm like, kudos to you. I'm happy this happened. I don't. And it's not because I didn't buy them in their relationship. It's that once I'm in and I'm I'm looking at the relationship overall. Archie is a horrible person, and. Veronica being wealthy, if she was poor, if she was from Riverdale, from New York, that all that aside, no, nobody deserved that bullshit. If I'm not ready to say I love you, that means I'm you're going to be passive aggressive to me forever in a day. We've solved murders together. We've helped our friends not commit suicide. We have spent the whole um, season running amok, uh, terrorizing the damn police department. We've done all this shit together, but because I can't say I love you yet you going to be a bitch to me? Like I'm one of the damn serpents or some shit? No, nah, you don't deserve her. Um, and then we move over to Betty and Jughead. And I have to say that I like Jughead much better with his hat off. For some reason, like it just looks better. Um, Betty's like, you know, okay. And then she's back in her little blouse skirt combo she's like hey you know what's going on blah whatever he's like oh i can't have you here i can't do this and such and such and all this is being done because fp has decided to not leave the surface because of jughead's dumbass going with with penny drip for whoever the chick is um with the blonde hair who had him go sell them drugs because he's gotten back in bed with her fp has taken over his debt and now jughead is free he's like you're my child like go off and join the war and go to college and do whatever and jughead's being like emotional i mean understandably so but again everything that's happened to you is your fault he's um mad at being like oh i don't want penny to hurt you and all this other shit you could get hurt and and we need to we need to break up and she's like well how many times are we going to keep doing this to each other and he says until it sticks like we're over we're done i'm thinking like betty went through all this shit for your dumb ass you fuck boy i just i don't know um good episode all in all but i just i am not a fan i'm not a fan i'm over him (laughs) um and then at the very end we get this very awkward to me it was awkward to watch but archie comes home takes off his shirt immediately because that's what he does. Um, and is standing in his window and he sees Betty at her vanity and she turns around and looks at him and they're looking at each other and clearly this romance is about to start up again. And I'm just like, Archie does not deserve to have happiness in his life. He is a horrible person who needs therapy before he starts fucking with anybody. Um, all in all, pretty good episode. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like it could have been better. I want to see more of Josie and everybody black, of course, but Josie and the Pussycats and Cheryl to see how will this be rectified because I don't like what Cheryl has been doing. I don't like where we are with that story now. Uh, My favorite character for this episode. The default is Josie, but I have to go with Veronica uh, for having the strength to break up with um, Archie, for having the strength and, you know, wherewithal to not cave to him just because he said I love you to you know have these discussions with her parents like I liked her overall in this whole episode like she was really good um let's see a favorite scene Mm, favorite scene in the house of the devil I don't know um maybe Veronica talking with her parents but at the same time, Archie talking to his dad, like that whole little conversation about, I don't, I think he said it too soon and him be like, oh, well, you know, she didn't say it back. I like that whole, that conversations being going on at the same time and happening with the parents. And I, and I don't know, there's something about that sticks out to me. The episode was good overall, but that was my favorite. Um, P.S. The Black Hood was really lazy this episode. Like, motherfucker, where you at? You're supposed to be out attempting to murder people or murdering people or whatever. And we ain't seen your ass at all. Stupid. So, um, my predictions on who the Black Mask is, Black Hood, whatever, is and probably will always be the lost uh, son of F.P. and Alice. Period. That's the Black Hood. And you can't convince me any different. Um... Yeah, so that being said, <laughs> thank you all for listening to this installment of Welcome to Riverdale. Um, I thoroughly appreciate y'all, wonderful listeners. Uh, make sure to hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Um, everywhere else on social media, Carefree Black Nerd. And uh, do not hesitate to email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Use the hashtag WTRPod. Keep this conversation going. Um, if you love this episode, let me know. Hit me up in the comments on SoundCloud. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Who was your favorite character? What was your favorite scene? Um, yeah, until next time, uh, stay carefree, stay nerdy, um, and stay away from fuck boys like Archie because that motherfucker, he's trash. Period. He's trash. All right, y'all. <laughs>